read the Word of God. Now, uh, if he has it up on the screen, it says verses 8 through 11, but I want to read something to you first before we get there. I want us to start in verse 3, and I want you to understand uh, kind of where this is and then what he does. And so if you're with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3, he said, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Turn to uh, verse 8 there, and he said, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, and so much that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Ye also, helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. You may be seated. I don't know about you, but <clears throat> how many of you have ordered something, maybe online, or you've ordered something, and you're waiting on a delivery, and UPS or FedEx is supposed to bring it, and they give you a day, date, and time that that thing's supposed to arrive, and they say they're going to deliver it to you, and it's going to be on this date. And on that date, you're anticipating. Maybe you need it, Brother Chris, for something you're doing on the farm. Maybe it's essential that you get this thing. And here the date arrives, and you're waiting, and guess what doesn't show up? How many of you have been there? <laughs> right? Doesn't that frustrate you? you? You ordered this. They told you. You may have even paid extra for that thing to show up. How many of you have ordered something sometimes, and you've ordered that thing, and and you're waiting for that delivery to come, and then a neighbor call you and say, hey, I got a package down here that belongs to you. Anybody ever have that happen to you? Oh. I've had it happen more than once right here in Bremen. I don't know how many times they delivered it to three other locations, and, 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 and then uh, it came to our place. And so there's times where you've waited on a delivery, and it didn't show, or if it showed, it, it didn't show up on time. And then if it was delivered, it was delivered at the wrong time, or it was delivered to the wrong location. And I've been in those shoes many a times where that kind of thing has happened. And so when we're looking at this, the word delivered, deliver, or deliverer is here a little different. It's the word rescued. <laughs> and so when we look at the word rescue, we're talking about being rescued from something. And so when you look at this passage, Paul is talking about being rescued. Now, if you read with me and you looked at verses 3, 4, and 5, I love this because he's talking about having trouble, having problems. And he said, listen, we need to comfort one another with the comfort wherewith we've been comforted of God. <laughs> so when someone's having trouble or they're having trials or they're having tribulations, they're having a hard time, what should be in us is to reach out to that person. Now, Paul commends them at the end of this. He says in verse 11, ye also helping together by prayers for us. That was that consolation. That's what he was looking for. And they came and they helped. But listen, I'm telling you, this man had a bad day because he said in this passage, there was the sentence of what in us? Death. Death. It was on the horizon. <laughs> they were going to die. And so Paul, I can't imagine, is not having a bad day. And so when I look at this, what Paul is communicating to the church at Corinth was a message of tremendous hope. Not in the sense of hope so, but a confidence that came through his belief in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because when you look at this and he says that we had the sentence of death in us, he comes back and says this, who delivered us from so great a death. Yeah. I think it goes more deep than that. <laughs> because he knew if he had physically died, 
Where was he headed? He was on his way to heaven. And I think not only did he deliver him from that moment in time, Paul was trying to communicate to them, listen, I just want you to know God delivers us from the sentence of what? Death, doesn't he? Now, as we look at this, we all have had that scenario that was just shared about the package, but when it comes to our deliverer, let me tell you something. He's going to show up on time. Are you with me? He's going to show up on time. He's going to show up at the right place. And by the way, he's going to deliver you to the right destination. Oh, yeah. Amen? He's not going to make any mistakes. And so as we look at this, I think Paul's trying to communicate these to the folks. And so my challenge to you is this this morning. Do you have a confidence in Christ that he has delivered you, is delivering you, and will deliver you? <laughs> just think about that for just a moment. So have you been delivered from the sentence of death? In other words, if you're here this morning, do you know for sure if you die today that heaven will be your home? See, to be delivered from the sentence of death or hell, and by the way, if you are not saved, your soul is out here dangling over hell. That's where it's located. And so if you don't know Jesus Christ to save you, that's where your soul is hanging. But yet, God says that through the raising of his son, he delivered us from that death. But here's the thing, you have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ for that to occur. So today, I want you to know that the deliverer is here, and he's willing to deliver you from the sentence of death. And then secondly, this. I know when we go through trials and troubles, we just sang today, he is able to, to deliver thee, right? He's able to deliver thee. We talked about day by day. We go through these trials and tribulations. And then we talked about what a day that will be, amen? amen. <laughs> With my Jesus, I shall see. Hey, I just want you to think about this in your present trial in your present time of trouble he's there to be our help in time of need <laughs> so here's the thing what are you going through right now that you're not really trusting christ for what struggle are you having in your life right now that you're not willing to trust christ for by the way he doesn't only deliver you from the sentence of death he's there to walk it with you in your times of trials did we not just read that in verses three and four <laughs> he comforts us doesn't he he gives us what we need. It doesn't always mean that he takes it away, but he's there to walk with us and to deliver us from the heaviness of the burden. How many of you have a burden on you this morning? And he's there to deliver you from that burden. <laughs> he's there to help you with that. And here's the thing. The last deliverance is this. <laughs> there is an eternal heaven just like there is an eternal hell. Amen? If you're saved, he promised me that he's coming again. And that he will return and he'll take me with him where he is. He's gone to do some stuff for us. And isn't it wonderful? He said, I go to prepare a place for you. <laughs> and where I go, there you, be, you will be also. But listen, he's gone to prepare a mansion. He's there preparing a place for us. But he promised me that he'll deliver me to that location. I think when Paul is mentioning these three types of deliverance, He's talking about a clear deliverance from death and hell. He's talking about a clear deliverance in his time and immediate time of that trouble that he was dealing with, and he knows ultimately that he's going to deliver him into heaven. Now, I want us to get a hold of this this morning, and when I look at this, I want you to challenge yourselves in your heart. Do you have confidence in Christ that he has delivered you, is delivering you, and will deliver you? Now, Christ does not only rescue us from an eternal hell, he can help us in our time of need. So whatever your struggle is, whether it's physical or financial, 
Maybe there's uh, uh, something happening with one of your children in your home. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's just difficulties that you're facing. Maybe you're having a struggle at work. Maybe you're, maybe you're dealing with a, a, a difficult personality. Uh, maybe you're struggling with where the next dime's coming from. I'm here to tell you, Christ is there for you. No matter what it is that you're going through, he's there for you. Now, as we think about this, there are three specific ways in which the Lord delivers us. He delivers us from an eternal hell. When you look at verses 8 through 10, uh, we see this first deliverance. If you look at verse 9, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raised us the what? Where was his trust? It was in the God that raises the dead. Now, notice this, who delivered us from a great death. Now, people would say, well, that was just because they had the sentence of death in them. But I want you to know what he said in the previous verse was that he believed this, that we trust in a God who raises the dead. Amen? That's who he's trusting in. And here, folks, I want you to understand this. If you are saved, don't doubt your salvation. If you're not sure, come talk to me. Come talk to Brother Duke. If you're doubting whether you're going to heaven or not, don't remain in that condition. <laughs> but what I want you to do is have tremendous assurance that you know Jesus Christ is your Savior. Listen, Paul said we had the sentence of death in us, and yet he had confidence, he had trust, he had faith in the one that raises the what? Dead. We ought to have that same confidence as believers. Now, I want to tell you something. If I died right now while I'm preaching to you, when I open my eyes, I will be in heaven with my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I have no doubt about my salvation. I want you to be there in the same way. Some of these new folks that are starting to get saved and stuff, pray for them to come to church. But here's the thing. They're struggling with this newness, this, this Jesus that saved them from an eternal hell. But as we look at this, we see this, and he says this sentence of death. Listen, they were going to kill him, but the point he is making in the letter is, I just want you to know where my confidence is even in death. Where is your confidence even in death? Now, I don't know any of you in here uh, have ever had a near-death experience, but it's an eye-opener when it comes your way. It'll give you a wake-up call whenever you come to that place where you realize, hey, the sentence of death was in me today. And, and, and listen, God delivered you from that situation. And here it is. His attention moved from the immediate threats to witness about God. And he had the one that rescues him from a death in hell that he wanted to make known to them. Now, the word dead in this is, is a corpse, and it is the Lord, uh, our Christ, who will deliver us from an eternal hell and an eternal death. But here's the thing. They had this death of physical threat in their life, an imminent danger. How many of you have ever been there where you've had, you knew, man, this is it. And uh, I don't know. And, 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 and I owned a Chevy Chevette, and I, I found myself in that situation one time. And notice I said it was a Chevy. And I was driving that thing. <laughs> I just wanted you to get a hold of this. And I had the threat of death in me. And, 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 and it's just, it was my foolishness that did it. But for a moment, and here's the thing, Brother Chris, I wasn't saved at the time, but I thought for a moment, just in a split second, this is it. Because that thing, you could put it through, you could put your foot to the front fender, and you couldn't get more than maybe 65, 70 mile an hour out of this thing. When I used to start, I'd lift the hood and pull the cord, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but the thing of it was, is I could not get this thing to go any faster, but I thought I was going to pass a tractor trailer one day. And man, did I feel the sentence of death in me. Now, what I'm sharing with you is, have you ever been to that place where you thought, man, this is it. This is the moment. And here's the thing. Paul knew that's what was on the horizon. 
Do you know now that I'm saved, if something like that occurred, not by my own foolishness, but if it occurred in my life, I know where I'm going. Now I'm asking you this morning, do you know 100% for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you died today, heaven is your home? You see, what gave him his confidence was the Christ who raised from the dead, right? The God who raises them from the dead, that's where his confidence was. Even in the sentence of death, he knew this. So I challenge you this morning, where are you in this? And listen to me. We've gone out now, <clears throat> and we witnessed to a lady named Nancy Carey up at the hospital. And, and as we shared the gospel with her, uh, Brother Dustin, when we got done, asked her a question. She, he said to her, he said, now, where would you go now if you died? She said, I'd go to heaven. He said, what is the reason you go? She said, because Jesus died for me. That's wonderful to hear, isn't it? Amen. And here's the thing. Uh, as, as he's sharing uh, this with her, she goes, you know, you wonder why some things happen to you in life. This is her words. You wonder why some things happen to you in your life. And she said, it happened to me, and I'm in here because I needed to meet the two of you. And really what was in my mind is, no, you needed to meet Jesus. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? And so somebody brought the message to her and said, here. Now, the wonderful thing about that is, is that Brother Duke and I didn't find her by knocking on doors. We got a call from another local church, said, can you go make this visit? And we go up to the hospital. Is God in stuff or what? Is he in it or what? We got a phone call to go visit a lady in the hospital. And she got saved. <laughs> what do we have to do with that, really? Not a thing. Not a thing. We just showed up, amen? And, and the thing of it is, is that God is in the deliverance business. He's in the rescuing business, isn't he? And listen, do you have a family member that you're praying for? I keep asking you to pray for my sister Lisa. And here's the thing. Do you believe God can do those things? Listen, if you have some family member, someone that you are just burdened for to get saved, listen, don't stop praying and don't stop witnessing and don't stop sharing the gospel. Paul had the sentence of death in him and his very words out of his mouth, but in God, which raises the dead, that's where his confidence was in the time of his death. Listen, we need to communicate that to people. There is a confidence that you can have even in time of death. His name is Jesus Christ. As I look at this, the Lord our God is still in the delivery business to carry a lost soul from an eternal hell to an eternal salvation. In uh, 2 Corinthians here, look at chapter 5 with me, if you will. Chapter 5, turn over to chapter 5. Some powerful verses here. Everybody with me say amen. amen. So he says in verse 6 of chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians, he said, therefore we are always confident. You ought to underline that in your Bible. How often are they confident? Always. They're always confident. He said, therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk, not, uh, we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, you ought to underline that in your Bible, I say, and willing, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Amen? So what is he confident of? To be absent from this body is to be what? present with the Lord. We ought to have that kind of confidence, and when we witness to people, we ought to be able to share that with them, that what they're getting saved from is this eternal hell, and what is uh, available to them is an eternal heaven or eternal life. 
And we ought to have that in us because, listen, anybody that's not saved, the sentence of death and the second death is in them. Are you with me? They will die and go to an eternal hell is what the Bible teaches us. And so they have that sentence of death in them. Now, Paul said, well, wait a minute. I have a confidence, though, in the God that raises the dead, even though they knew that they could physically die. They knew that heaven was going to be their home. But I'm going to tell you something. When we give that good news, and we just heard this, I think, uh, uh, on Sunday or Wednesday, I, I think Brother Duke said, to us, it might not seem so good anymore. But to that soul that has nothing and nothing available to them, listen, when you tell them about Jesus Christ, that is good news. Amen? Amen? It is very good news to know that this life, as tough as it can get, there's something better when I get beyond this. Amen? As I look at this, consider the faith it takes to have this presence of mind, even in the face of physical death, to have confidence to witness to somebody. He had, the, he, had the, uh, he had the wherewithal to tell them about Jesus Christ. Even in the sentence of death, he knew they were going to die. And yet he writes the letter and says, hey, by the way, I just want you to know where my confidence is. Where's your confidence this morning? Listen, if it's in ourselves, we need to get rid of that. If you think that you're going to save yourself, you cannot. And we know the verses in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, amen? Yeah. It's a gift from God. And listen, the reason God did that is, is I can't brag about why I'm standing before him. It is what he did for me that allows me to stand before him. And so I can't brag about anything I've done. No works are going to save us. In our thoughts, we simply have an idea of this moment in time with Paul dying physically. Therefore, he was delivered, yet... Not about the physical, I believe it was also about the spiritual at that moment, and that's where his trust, his faith, his confidence were delivered from the sentence of death at the very moment you trust Christ Jesus as Savior. <laughs> Boy, we need to give that good news out to people. It just ought to be a part of us, just constantly doing that. Now I'm going to get to this. Notice what he says here. Who's delivered us from uh, so great a death? Now watch this. And doth deliver. You ought to underline that in your Bible. <laughs> Not only did he deliver us from the sentence of death, notice what it says, and doth deliver. That means in the present time, guess who's still working? The God that raises the dead. <laughs> Amen? Amen? He's still working here to deliver us. Now, you can say what you want, but I know we have bad weeks. I know we have bad days, and I know we have problems. Amen? Amen. Struggles, hardships, heartaches, all that stuff comes our way. Uh, and, and I look to the scriptures and Paul says, listen, not only did he, had he delivered us, he doth deliver. In other words, he's still in the process of doing this thing. <laughs> what a great God we serve, amen? amen? And when I come to the scriptures and I see this, and many in this room at the present time, I know you're going through some sort of a trial. If not, you just went through one. If not, you're getting ready to go through one. <laughs> but we have a God that doth deliver us. He's presently working. He's working in your life right now. How many of you have had a deliverance from a problem recently? <laughs> Woo! How did you feel on the inside? Huh? When God brings you through it, he brings you to the other side of it. Tell me you didn't rejoice. Amen? You got that news that you just wanted to hear or something good happened or God took care of a situation for you. Listen, he's still delivering us from problems. He's still there to help us. 
When I think about this, sometimes there's trials on the horizon. Paul's telling us that the Lord is also the one that rescues us from our present trials and our present tribulations. And the Lord's in the business of continually, currently delivering us as well. He doth deliver. You know, I was looking back. How many of you know the story of Abraham and Isaac? How many know the story of Abraham and Isaac, right? Did God deliver him? (laughs) Did God deliver him in a very moment when he thought he was going to have to do what? Take the life of his own child. Now, I want to tell you, that would have been a struggle. And you tell me God did not deliver him. He said, God will provide, won't he? He'll provide the sacrifice. Well, listen, even in your current troubles, listen to me now, listen, even in your current troubles, God's there to deliver you from those things. He's there to help you in your time of need. I I thought about situations like King David. Would you say that God delivered King David? (laughs) Are there times where he had trouble, that present trouble before him with his son Absalom? Was there not trouble between him and Saul? Was there not trouble that entered into David's life? And how many times did God deliver? And you're saying, well, you're talking about these patriarchs of the faith. I mean, these guys of old. I mean, preacher, listen, I want you to know that they were, like, they were men like us with like passions, just like we have, because he brings that up in James about Elijah. Would you believe that or not? He said that they were just like you and me. Amen. Abraham was a real man who had real troubles. And you say, well, you're talking about one of the patriarchs of the faith, preacher. You're talking about those of old. Listen, God's still in the business of delivering people. He's there to help us with our troubles and our trials. I thought about Job. Did he not deliver Job? Job went through some tough stuff, didn't he? And you go to the scriptures and you look at Job and you say, my goodness, look at what this man went through. And I understand that. And we know the end of the story. But I want you to know while Job was going through that, he didn't know the end of the story. But he kept his faith in his heavenly father, didn't he? And sometimes when the trials arise, we run from God rather than run to him. And we see a Job who's running to God and not away from him. I got to thinking about Peter in the New Testament. Did he not run into some trials? You know what makes me laugh in the New Testament? How many of you have ever read the story where Peter got arrested and they put him in jail? How many of you know that story? And they put him in jail. While he's in jail, here's what happens. He lays down and goes to sleep. Now, wait a minute. They were going to kill him the next day. Now, get a hold of this. They were going to kill the man. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was going to die the next day, I'm not sure I would go, let me get some rest here. That would not be in me. I'd be thinking, how am I getting out of here? I'm going to tear these walls down. I've got to get out of this place. They're going to kill me tomorrow. Peter laid down and went to sleep. He went to sleep so much so that the Bible says that an angel came up and smote him in his side. Now, when you read that, sometimes we don't get the picture. This angel had to come up and kick him in his ribs and say, Get up! I'm about to deliver you in your time of trouble. How many times has God had to kick us in our ribs to remind us that he's there to deliver us? And you think about it for just a moment. What are you going through right now that you don't think God can deliver you from? I'm going to tell you, we ought to first of all say, Lord, please forgive me. But I believe, Lord, that you can deliver me from this present time of trouble, this trial. Not only that, Lord, if I have to go through this, just like Job, did he not walk with Job and carry Job through all of that and gave him an expected end, didn't he? You look at this, you see this in the scriptures. I thought about Paul here. Did Paul have any trouble? Did Paul ever get beat? How many times did Paul get beat up? (laughs) 
How many times did Paul's life face danger? Even in the book of Acts, you go in the book of Acts, was he not in danger at times? And you look at the ship, and you look at the crash, and you look at all that's there, and he even told him, he said, hey, listen, I'm going to trust God in the middle of all this. And the thing that is, is when we go through our trials, listen to me, folks, I want you to be real clear on this. We start to trust Jesus less in the midst of our trials rather than more sometimes. We don't think that he's there to be able to deliver us. So this is where we live right now. This moment in time, a place of deliverance is now Christ, folks, is available. And so what is the struggle this morning? And here's what happens to us. Is there doubt in your heart about it? Are you doubting that God can help you with this? Now here's the thing. We go to God with a plan and saying, Lord, if you're going to deliver me, here's the plan. Here's how I want you to do it. But God may have a different way of delivering you. Amen? And he may want you to go through the trial so that he can bring you out of the trial so that the only one that gets the glory for the trial and the uh, coming out of the trial is him himself. And what happens is, is that we don't think God's answering us because he's not answering it the way that I thought it should happen. But he is answering you, isn't he? And the thing of it is, is God is there to help deliver you in your time of need. Now, when I go to the scriptures, let me just read some verses to you. And I believe Christ is the bearer of those burdens, and he offers us opportunity to overcome this because he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But, but when I look at the scriptures and I see this, this is why we have to have confidence in him. Now, I'm going to read verses to you, but I want you to write these down. I'm going to give you the verse... I'm going to read it to you because I want you to see what the Bible says. And we're not going to turn to every one of these, but I want you to write these down because I'm going to promise you something. If you're not going through something right now, you just came out of something. And if you came out of something and you're not going through it, there's another one on the horizon. And we need God in the middle of our troubles. Amen? We need Christ in the middle of it. How many of you know Romans 8, 28? <laughs> That's a hard one to swallow when we're having trouble. And he says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. I don't like that verse, preacher, because <laughs> you don't know my problem. <laughs> and all things work together for what? Good to them that love God. Get a hold of this, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. You already said four, uh, verse 6 this morning. And here's the thing. The reason why I'm trying to get you to memorize Scripture, we need to memorize Scripture. Yeah. It's what helps us in our time of need, Amen. And so we know Philippians 4, 6, it says, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Now listen to this. With thanksgiving. Isn't that something? That means you're thanking him ahead of time, but it hadn't been answered yet, but you have confidence in God that he's going to answer your prayer. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? With thanksgiving. And he says this then. Then he says, Let your requests be made known unto God. Now verse 7. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through who? Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. So in the time of your trial, he's saying that word and, and be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. So what's the song we're singing? Why worry? Go ahead, you can say it. When, when you can what? How many of us worry more than we pray? Would you agree? We worry more than we pray. Here's worry for you. Ms. Fisher, I'm going to use your chair. Is that okay? I pray to God I don't break this thing. 
How many of you have a rocking chair at home? Anybody? How many of you ladies use the rocking chair in the nursery? Is there one in there? Do you all rock in that thing? You go back and forth? Is there something comforting about that when you rock in a chair? You know what I mean? <clears throat> this is worry. Where's it getting me? Going nowhere, am I? What's been accomplished? Why worry when you can what? We sit and go back and forth. Anybody with me? Hold on now. I might be the only weirdo in the room today, but man, I go back and forth sometimes. Are you with me? You ever see one of them bobbleheads? You all just do this now, okay? Because what is it? What do we do sometimes? We just sit and worry. What does worry accomplish? Not a thing. I can sit there all day and rock back and forth and get nothing done. I can sit there and say, you know what, brother? (laughs) The lawn needs mowed. (sighs) Man, I need to get my bills paid. (sighs) Man, I'm worried about my bills. (sighs) And where's it getting me? Nowhere. You know, you have to take action. Would you agree? So when he says, be careful, don't be anxious. How many of you get anxious over stuff? Amen. How many of you can't sleep the night before about what's going on the next day? Anybody ever been there? You're thinking about tomorrow, and tomorrow hadn't even come yet, and I'm worried about it, and I can't sleep tonight. So when I wake up tomorrow, not only did I worry all night, not only did I sleep, now I'm tired and I'm exhausted, and I've been thinking about this thing all day, and about 90% of the stuff that we worry about never comes to fruition anyway. Never happens. But we worry. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all of your care upon him, for he what? Cares for you. Does he care about you? Sure he does. He cares about you. What is weighing you down right now? What's weighing you down? What is burdening you so much that you're not willing to trust Jesus in it? Now listen, if he can save your soul from an eternal hell, can he save you from trouble that you're having? Here it is. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. How many of you know this? Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. First of all, know that you're saved. So if you're here this morning, you're saved, say amen. Amen. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, the stuff that we go through, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Now listen to this. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What's your need this morning? What's your need this morning? What do you need? And listen, does Jesus understand our burdens? Yes, he says that he was touched with the feelings of our what? Infirmity. He knows what we go through. Hey, maybe there's some sin in your life that's just weighing you down and it's a besetting sin in your life and you can't seem to get rid of it. I want you to know there is a Jesus in heaven who will help move that burden from your life. He'll help you in your time of need. So the thought is this. God wants you to turn to him in your time of trouble. He wants you to understand that he delivers you in this present time. How many of you know John 14, 27? Peace I leave you with. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be what? Afraid. And yet, how many of us live life in fear? 
and we fear whatever's coming or whatever has come, and we don't pray and seek the Lord in this. Listen, when I look at Paul here, he said, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver. That means he's presently working on that. He's still in the process of doing it. How many of you know Colossians 3.15, then let the peace of God rule in your hearts. How about letting God rule instead of my emotions and my feelings? How about let God rule instead of the circumstance or the situation? How about let God rule instead of whatever the problem is? How about let my God rule over me? And he'll bring that peace into my life. And what burden do you have right now? What fear are you facing? What trouble has entered into your life? What are you going through? And how are you going to overcome it by yourself? You need your Savior. (laughs) He'll help you. He'll do it for you. (laughs) And you say, well, I want it taken away. (laughs) How many of us have been there? I just want it gone. (laughs) And God says, no, not right now. We're going to walk through this thing together. Because he promised me in the scriptures, I will never leave thee, nor what? He's not going to let me go. <laughs> He's going to be there in my time of trouble. You know, in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Amen? And of love, and of a sound mind. So here's the thing. God hadn't given you a spirit of fear, so where's that coming from? Where's the spirit of fear coming from? <laughs> if God hath not given you a spirit of fear, where is it coming from? It's coming from this present world. It's coming from my trials and my tribulations and my troubles. It's coming from the devil himself. Listen, God hath not given you a spirit of fear. He says, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And you think about this. When you're afraid, how many of us are thinking clear? Whenever you're running to and fro, whenever you're frantic, whenever things are going nuts and things are going crazy, how many of you are in your right mind? We lose control, don't we? And so God says, I have not given you fear, but I've given you something different. And he says, I have given you power. I've given you my love. I've given you a sound mind to be able to work through these things. And listen, I am here, and I do deliver. (laughs) He's here to help you. How many of you have confidence in Christ this morning? (laughs) Amen. He's going to deliver you from an eternal hell. If you're saved, he'll deliver you from an eternal hell. Hey, whatever you're going through, Please believe me, he doth deliver. There's one more deliverance, and I'm done. I'm thankful that I know Jesus Christ is my Savior. If I died today, heaven is my home. If I get buried and put in the ground, God promised me, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, that if I go before you all go, guess what? He told me he's going to come and get me before you even get to go. (laughs) Amen? Isn't that what he told me? And I look to the Scriptures, and I see, and he says, and comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another with these words that he's coming to get us. Now, when I look at this, Paul said, delivered us, doth deliver, and I want you to get a hold of this, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. That's yet future, isn't it? That it's coming. And so God said, I want you to know, not only does this God who raised the dead deliver us from the dead, he'll deliver us from our current situation. And by the way, he's going to deliver us, and that's yet future, but he'll do it. (laughs) And he's ready to do it for us. Now, there's coming a day on the Lord's prophetic timetable when the world as we know it shall cease to be that stands before us. The scriptures teach us of some things called the end times. And uh, just to kind of get you on the same page with me real quick, I want you to turn to 2 Peter. I want you to see this firsthand, what God has to say about the end times. And you say, well, preacher, I think it's coming real soon. Well, good for you and good for me, but I don't know what that's going to take. I don't know when he's coming. I mean, the Bible tells me I... (laughs) 
I don't know. I know he is, but I don't know when. So I want you to look at something with me. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. Look at verse 7. He says, But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us who are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Notice this. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. When's the thief in the night come? Well, I don't know. When's the Lord coming? He's coming as a what? Thief in the night. I don't know when he's coming. But it says, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought ye to be in holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming day of God, uh, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth what? Righteousness. There's coming a day, isn't there? Now, before all that occurs, he talks about something that's going to happen for us. <laughs> There's something that's going to happen for us. It's called the rapture. And one of the things that God promised me is this. We get so concerned about tomorrow, yet we're given a promise about tomorrow that we ought to just be focused on Christ today. <laughs> Tomorrow is, is that if I die tomorrow, heaven is my home. I just showed you that in the scriptures. God himself is, is a long-suffering God. He wants people to get saved. That's what Peter's talking about there before he come again and destroy the earth. So for all of you who are in the room today, please know that Jesus Christ is your Savior and do not doubt it no matter what. Listen, if your soul right now is uncertain of where you're going to spend eternity, come talk to us. I want to show you how you're going to go to heaven. <laughs> and you've got to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Not in a prayer, not the fact that Pastor Warnick talked to you or someone else talked to you, not the fact that you prayed a prayer, not the fact that you read a passage of Scripture, but you're putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone to take your soul to heaven when you die. That's how you're getting there. Amen. Amen. Nothing else is going to get you there. And when I look to the Scriptures and I see this, if you've been delivered, Christ has saved you from this present world. <laughs> and one day it tells us that a trump's going to sound. And it's not Donald Trump. Amen? <laughs> but a trump's going to sound. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse 51. He said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Amen? Verse 51. In a moment, chapter 15. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye... At the last, what's the word? Trump. trump. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when he, this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in what? Victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brother, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, I see Paul ending 
1 Corinthians chapter 15 with that, starting off 2 Corinthians saying, hey, listen, not only did God deliver us, He is delivering us, and He will yet deliver us. And whenever I get into the Scriptures and I look at this, this ought to give us some great confidence. I'm going to have you turn to one more verse, and I'm done today. Turn to 1 Thessalonians with me, and I want to read some verses to you. Chapter 4, look at verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. Everybody with me? Say amen. amen. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have what? So when he talks about those that are asleep, those that have already died, and I don't want you to sorrow over those that have trusted Christ, and here's the thing. Don't get sorrowful over that because it's not that they or you have no hope. He said, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. <laughs> in other words, those that have died in Christ, God's going to bring them with him. And then he says in verse 15, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. In other words, we're not going to go before them. God's going to take those, anybody that's in the grave that trusted Christ, they're going to go first and then we follow he said in verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with, notice what it says there, the what? It's some specific trump. It's going to be a specific sound. Because that's a definite article, isn't it? The trump. And he says, The trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Notice what it says in verse 18. Wherefore, do something with this. What are we to do with it? Comfort one another with these words. So I'm here this morning to comfort you. The Lord will deliver those that are His. In John 14, 1 through 4, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Paul challenges them. Let's pray for one another now. He said, ye also helping together by what? Prayer. Now I'm going to challenge you. We're going to do a message tonight, laboring together in the gospel. And here's the thing. I asked Brother Duke to come up here from his home in North Carolina to be with us for three months. I asked him to come because I want the church to have an energy about winning souls to Christ. I believe the young man's brought some energy to the soul winning program. Amen. And we're starting to see people get saved. Now, here's the thing. Why don't we help together by prayer? He gave a list to you. Pray for these people. Folks need to be in church. They need to hear just what you heard this morning. You say, well, preach, I'm good. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm good. I got it. No, 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 no. <laughs> we got a responsibility, don't we, guys? We need to go tell other people, and we need to bring them in. Why? Because we need to fellowship together. We need to be together in the Word of God. These people need to be discipled. How do you overcome the troubles and the problems that are in your life? How do you handle the things that you're dealing with? And you, say, you take a newly saved person, how do they get the help that they need? It's only going to come through Jesus Christ. Listen, he may have already delivered their soul from an eternal hell, but they need some help in deliverance now. Amen? They need to know what God has to say to them. But God has the same thing to say to you and me. And then here's the thing we ought to comfort one another with. <laughs> Are you saved today? Say amen. amen. We ought to comfort one another with these words. Hey, Jesus is coming back to get us. Amen. amen. 
He's prepared a place for you and me. And man, Miss Fisher, I cannot, as much as I want to, I cannot afford a mansion on this planet. <laughs> but good night. When I open the Bible, what does it say? Amen. He's going to prepare me a what? Mansion. mansion. Now, I have no idea what that's going to look like, but I got a picture in my head. But I have no idea what it's going to look like. But I know he told me, he said, I'm going to come back and get you. And listen, don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We have a Savior that delivered us from hell, delivers us in our current time of need, and he will yet deliver us. Amen? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's quietly stand to our feet.